huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. This is Katie Hopkins like you've never seen her before. There's tears, there's anger, there's rants and there's laughter. In between exposing obesity, Prince Harry the monarchy, the banking system, there is some deep and meaningful content that I think is going to surprise you greatly. Katie gets horny about Elon Musk, slams the current state of the UK and flirts with me outrageously. And in a brand new format, a full review of the major events of the year. Let's do this. Katie, Elon Musk, the rebel. (gasps) Yeah, I know this turned you on quite a bit. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) So, um... He's taken over Twitter, turned it to X, um, brought in a new revenue model because he says he needs to save the company. And the advertisers are all pulling away because they don't want to be associated with far right content. And then in a room full of very well established business people, he said, don't blackmail me. Go fuck yourself. Did you hear what I said? Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Golly. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Just so exciting and so exciting at so many levels. A, because the guy interviewing him uh, was trying to, you could see, trying to protect Elon and and even trying to say, oh, but you see your business model does require these people, doesn't it, Elon? <laughs> and Elon was like, mm, fuck them. And the guy, you guy mm. he was trying to help him as a friend and Elon was having none of it. So he was like, I'm done with these people. I mean, he even went, fuck you. Uh, or no, he, he Bo- said, are you here, Bob? Bob as in Disney. head of Disney. So he even oh, called out. Called him out yeah. by, by name. A guy, can you imagine the head of Disney, how, how his life is? Yeah. Like only minions. Yes, Bob. No, Bob. Oh, blow me, Bob. Oh, no, no. And he just goes, Bob, I hope you're listening. Fuck mm. you. Like, Bob <laughs> would never have known that in his life. Not for 20 mm. years, 40 years will Bob have known that. And Elon called it on a stage. But that's so risky, oh, isn't it? It was so... But maybe that's... Maybe that's him. Or is that why everyone loves him? Yes, living mm. his life on the high wire between ultimate disaster and ultimate failure and ultimate triumph Mm. you know spaceships rockets that launch themselves and come back to earth again and just disintegrate into the stars according to plan by elon of course all planned because he knows what he's doing i loved it he's got the woman in the room that he employed to be ceo of the organization to sell advertising she sat in the seats she's briefed elon on what she wants him to say and he sits on the stage and goes Go fuck yourself. Like just, I was like, it's the hottest thing I ever saw. It's so masculine. Like it's beyond masculine. You know, there's Andrew Tate, masculinity. You have a certain masculinity, but we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, you know, blow smoke up your ass. Uh, Elon Musk that day, so masculine. Like I would blow down at the altar (laughs) of Elon Musk (laughs) any day. It's not a requirement. He's not ever asked for that. And I don't know that I would be particularly his cup of tea. Should we 
put the, this out as a campaign. Yeah, see, look, listen, we know us. a slight transsexual-looking horse-faced old bag from the UK. She is offering to blow you, Elon. What do you say? Just try it. Yeah, if you know, if you have people we'll that tweet know, that. tweet it. Let Elon know that I am totally willing to blow him any day of the week. No charge. Right. I think that's a bargain, mostly just because of his masculine thing. It was mm. just mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Um, but away from the sexual side of things, also just really, really restorative. When if you know the power of the advertisers, you know. So at LBC, where I used to have a show. The way people got rid of me from that radio show was to go to the advertisers and get the advertisers to pull. Mm. So knowing someone just says, you aren't going to bribe me. Yeah. After all the years of all of us being cancelled at the behest of advertisers, just so not. It just felt like you had a, felt like you had a spokesperson all of a sudden mm. or a fighter in your corner. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's too much control from these big advertisers, isn't too, it? Yeah, well, yeah. The, the control mechanism of advertising mm. and the control mechanism of the powerful and the control and the control mechanism of the board of deputies or the Muslim council or the Catholic churches, doesn't matter what religion, all of those control mechanisms are all the things that are the shackles that we try and shake off. So it just felt like he, it was like the releasing of chains. Mm. It was exceptional. <laughs> I'm very proud to say this episode is sponsored by AG1. As you know, we're more than 1,000 episodes into Disruptors and I very rarely have sponsors. I'm really choosy on sponsors and I only pick people that I love myself and I use myself. I have turned down loads of sponsors, but personally I've been using AG1 for nearly 14 years myself before we ever did a sponsorship deal with them. For me, AG1 really helps with my mental focus, clarity and overall well-being. As someone who's really freaking busy and can't always sit down and eat a million vegetables in a day, knocking back a big pintful of AG1 in the morning is perfect for me. Of course, health is wealth, and I'm in my mid-40s, I'm realising that more and more. So if you'd like to try AG1 yourself with a special exclusive offer that I have for you right now, go to drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. That's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors and get a free year supply of vitamin d3 k2 and five travel packs with your first purchase on me so one more time that's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors ag1 thanks for sponsoring the show you are legends so on this show disruptors i like to talk about money because yeah. i think it's such an under discussed subject yeah a lot of people don't have the courage to talk about it it's terrible education around money yet we all need true it. so i found something you said um and and it's i don't know if you said it around money but i think it could spark the conversation so you you said that poor people are poor because they are lazy do you stand by this yeah a lot of the time poor people are poor because they're lazy yeah so is there a difference though between poor and broke? Because I'm sure many people in the developing world who are born poor, Bill Gates said, if you're born poor, it's not your fault. But if you die poor, it is your fault. Ah, oh, and I think poor in context, because mm. some pe there's a lot of people who have nothing, but I would never describe that as poor. I actually think the opposite is true. I think people who were born with very little go through life needing very little because of the way their community works. Uh, and die with the privilege of being content are the, are the richest that there is, mm. that there are. So please, um, my, I should be clear, and this is why words are difficult because there's so much layering to them. But very often people who are poor, 
in a context where you can be wealthy or you can earn an income. So you're in the developed world, you've got the internet, you've got a library, yeah. you can go and meet people who are successful in that context. In that context, when that was said probably about 10 years ago, poor people are poor because they're lazy, I think it's true. Mm. Because uh, I feel like the endeavour, if you have endeavour, you can make a way. And that may be only enough to sustain yourself, one person, yeah. but you can endeavour to sustain yourself. So I would absolutely stand by that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I suppose when I'm thinking about people who were born with very little but live very content lives, I think of uh, Mexico and spending time in Mexico. And I just love the way South Americans or Mexicans on a Sunday have their whole family there. You know, young, very old, someone who just gave birth two seconds ago. And they always just seem to be having so much fun. It's almost like the pursuit of happiness is their number one priority mm. and I think they've got the ordering on that right mm. but yeah I think too many people use excuses as a reason for expecting to be looked after and I think you have to expect to look after yourself and I will drive that hard I've driven that into my kids uh, you know they buy their own car they have to buy their own they have to go out to work they have to buy their own phones they have to pay their own phone uh, bill I, I believe you have to endeavor but what about this thing with a woman and her role. Um, something else I found that you said, sure. and, and I haven't finished the money one because I want to talk about getting rich or the other side of it. Yes, and losing things. You know, that's the other thing, losing stuff we can talk about, mm. but yeah. So you said full-time mummy is not a job title. Yeah, yes, 100%. But isn't that the role of, isn't that the traditional role of a woman? Traditional role of a woman and potentially your choice. Like you want to be a full-time mum and it's worked out for you to do that and you love it, amazing. Mm. I totally couldn't have and didn't want to be that. What, because being a mum wasn't fulfilling enough or because you wanted to be financially independent yourself? I just needed something else, needed yeah, more. needed something else. Yeah. Uh, but I love, I see the women that love it and it's enough for them and I'm like, oh, that would be a, a weird thing, but I get it. Mm. But what about the argument though, that if they don't make themselves financially independent, what if they get left by the man and they're their left and yeah I just would say full-time money uh, mummy is a choice mm. but it isn't your job it's not your profession but if it's, it's a way you've chosen to live and there's so much merit to that I'm sure but it's not a profession mm. so when people say I'm a full-time mummy that's my job yeah sure but it isn't a profession and you're you you aren't delivering for your children long-term uh, way of providing for them and you know what and I, I am certain a lot of that comes from a sense of being left. And I always worked when I was young, but when I had my two children, uh, and they were, well, one was just under a year and one was one day old and I was left. And this isn't for sympathy and this isn't victim. And you were left by your husband, you mean? Yes. Yeah. And um, How did that feel? Yeah, well, I made the decision to marry him, didn't I? So therefore, I own all of that, right? If you marry an asshole, then you, you know, more for you. Like your your sense of person. For, given now, I would pride myself on knowing people. Oh, where was I when I was marrying my husband? Anyway, I was left in the maternity ward the day after I gave birth to my second daughter, and I say, I guess, my strength of feeling about full time mummy isn't your job is I guess coming out of that sense of you've got it you know I, I went back when I recovered like myself which was a few days later because you had to get recovering pretty quick which was just like right we're now an island 
there's me and there's two girls and I will be everything. I will be the cleaner, the roof fixer, the mender, the job, the, the, and I did and I was and for the longest time. Do you think that's a masculine? Yeah. Not, yeah, made you more yeah. masculine. Oh, no, I was always massively masculine. Oh, okay. Hence the trans weirdness, right? <laughs> so, and it freaks Americans out, actually, how masculine I am. Um, and I mean that in an honest way. Like people So you laugh. weren't hardened by life. It was just how you are. No, I was, you know, I went to the military straight out of uni. Like, I, I was drawn to right. all things male. Because yeah. ma- male things make so much more sense to me. I don't understand much about female things. Um, I'm basically cast a Semenya. I was pretty good at the 800 metres as well as it happened. <laughs> but but I will say, I, I, I guess st- strong women, I love it. And people will say, well, I'm a mum, but I'm strong. But I just think strong women who can also be, not feel that they are dependent on someone, I guess is what I needed to become. Mm. Not dependent on anyone, just dependent on me and that I've drummed it into my kids, they will always depend on me, as in, if they need me. If, if you're in the shit, who do you call? Mum. Mm. That is drilled in them. So if you ask, if they came through the door now, and you said to like Indy or whatever, if you're in the shit, who do you call? I know the answer. Mm. Yeah. This fascinates me, this discussion, because I feel like where you had the traditional woman who would raise the children and look after the home, and the traditional man who would go and work and hunt or whatever, and now it's like you've got some very fiercely strong, independent, almost masculine women, yeah. financially independent, building their careers, and you don't need a man. And therefore, you've got these very weak, emasculated men. Yes, 100%. And like what, what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman, it seems so homogenised and confused. I what do you think about right. that? I think that's right. I think it's right, except that I... My sort of strength in terms of I've got this, I'll fight this, I'll go to South Africa and stand up for them, I'll stand up for them, that that me, you know. But uh, my appreciation for properly strong men is knows no bounds. Elon. Elon. <laughs> and Elon would be atypical because, like, he's, you know, from tech, and tech for me is usually kind of, you know, uh, is usually kind of someone that I think of like a eunuch without without a penis because I don't really go for anybody from tech normally. So big, strong men who can do useful things. Back to the old days and the old ways. Uh, so I met, so, you know, when I'm doing my speakeasies or stand-up, people, you know, I will celebrate them. So I'll be like, any builders in the house? And the lads, Oy! any plumbers? You know, and then it's kind of the whole joke is like, <laughs> like it gets more and more turn on, like a joiner. <laughs> come on (laughs) carpenter and it goes on like this and it's super fun but also it's a moment of going strong men who can do stuff a guy came up after a speakeasy told me he was a blacksmith (laughs) tell you my clothes nearly came off I was like sorry tell me that again but quieter in this year so I find it incredibly exciting when men are useful and can do more fundamental not primitive because it's epic but tasks. Mm. And I think that is actually the strength of what I am. It's not that I'm actually more male. I'm just more sort of primitive. Like, you go do that. Go blacksmith me something and leave this shit to me. I've got this. I don't need you to look after the cave. I've got this shit. Just so happens that my cave encompasses anybody that I think has been done down or done wrong to. So it's that. It's more like we're both really, we all can all be super strong. But really strong men, I think, should be lifted up and celebrated. 
And that's what I think do you is think there's a rebellion? Do you think there's a bit of a rebellion against really strong men, though, now? Because it's almost like, well, that's toxic. No, that's, I think that's old. I think that's before. Right. I think yeah. that's dated. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. is oh, Just God. a movement that we've oh, gone through. Oh, some fat old yeah. ugly lesbian that couldn't ever like guys decided to come up with toxic masculinity. Oh, fuck off and go and flick a bean. You know what I mean? Like these beaver munchers. I, I love me a lesbian. I do. Like... Bring me the lesbians. I want a proper lesbian though. Like my favorite kind of lesbian is not the new lesbian, the hot ones. It's like old school lesbian. Like my mother was here, she's a lesbian. Right? So like proper Claire Balding lesbian. Like proper, you know, flat shoes, sizable breasts. <laughs> Chomping away, gobbling away like a raccoon on a Vaseline corn on the cob. <laughs> Like a beaver buffet. You've thought about this a lot, haven't you? No, but I, I, um, I really do like a lesbian. <laughs> so cute. He's just... They're trying to laugh. He's trying quietly. to be trying to be quiet yeah. laughter. I love me a lesbian, but I think um, those lesbians that came up with toxic masculinity, they can all fuck off. And actually, we need masculine mm. desperately. And and it, one of the glorious things about this new parallel community I've talked to you about. Is it's made up of useful men mm. and useful women who are good at shit. Mm. Uh, and I'm just drawn to them. It's like the butchers up the road. There's three butchers that I tell you. They're not safe from me. They're not. Bring me a butcher. You know, it's definitely it's something much more primitive. Men who in future years we're going to need, mm. I find very exciting. Right. Yeah. Wow. I know. Wow. I told you there's lots yeah. to be positive yeah, about. Yeah, there is. Look, there I'm doing is. your little leg you stretch are. now. <laughs> Do you think as a society we've got more narcissistic? I think it sort of, it's like a, the, the, the curve is different. I think from a young people's point of view, the narcissism, it's unfortunate. It's sort of been placed upon them, the relentless self mirroring of self or observing of others and trying to replicate. It's a narcissism, but it's not, it's not found, it's pushed on them. And we did that and that's terrible. Who's we? The generation that brought in internet or just went, oh, this is exciting, oh, let's have a little Google, that made these, all of our kids absolutely monopolized by images of themselves or what they aspire to be. That mm. is narcissism in a new age. But I think actually uh, at my age, my people, older people, I think much less actually. There's a quest for real. There's a quest for a thirst for authentic. There's a real yearning to be with people who are really normal, as in, as in really weird maybe, but who don't, who don't have pretenses, who aren't trying to keep up appearances. You know, I think one of the reasons, I guess I've been so lucky recently is people can watch my stuff. Most are laughing at me, I think, or with me, but I just, I just put it all out there. And a lot of people excuse me as being drunk. So they'll, I do this thing on a Friday night, it's a pub online, and people will say, oh my God, she's, she's worse for wear or, oh, Katie's obviously quite a few drinks in, but I'm not, like now, you know, it's just how I, they can't work out why someone isn't pretending things. Mm. So they say you're drunk and I'm not, it's just I don't, I'm not, I'm not paid for by anyone. I don't have anyone to please. 
I don't need to pretend to be polite or I'm not constrained by anything because I don't have an employer of anything to lose. So this is it. Mm. If you don't like it, that's also fine. Mm. Like, yeah, but I'm not drunk. Mm. Mm. My wife thinks at the moment there's quite an obesity epidemic. She thinks, I think she said that 25% of people in the UK are now obese. What are your thoughts on this? I think we're coming back from that as well. I think that was before people were just chumbawambas. Like just a lot, a lot, a lot of chunky people. Is it okay to call a fat person fat? 100% it's okay to call a fat person fat. I think it's more respectful of a fat person to call them fat. And my experience with fat people is don't don't pretend they're not. You're fat. But if you're fat and you own it, epic. But I don't think most fat people own it, do they? I'm, I don't know about that. Because people know my views about chumbawambas in that I think if you're a chumbawamba, totally more power to you. You do that. Eat the fridge blast through KFCs twice a week. You do that, but just don't ask me to believe it's not because you ate too much and don't ask me... Oh, so it's not the thyroid or... Yeah, exactly. No. Don't ask me to pay for your new hip, right? right? Own that because you yeah. ate yourself to a new hip or new knees. And don't tell me it runs in the family because there's one thing for certain, no fucker has ever run in your family, otherwise you wouldn't be in the position you're in. And don't tell me you've got big bones because you haven't. It's because you eat too much. And as long as we're like that, then I've got, then you're, be as fat as you want. But no, I think we're coming back from it because I think young people want to look a certain way and see this fat crap was a load of old shit. But 25%, if, I mean, my wife's very careful with her research. 25% of the UK clinically obese. Yeah, well, it was one in four kids turn up to school already obese. That, primary school. That is mad. Yeah. We got pretty chunky. Mm. But younger people are seeing... This whole fat positivity, right? Body positivity. That shite's already over. So Victoria's Secret started engaging a whole bunch of the Chumbawambas. They can't sell a single pair of pants. And there's no, there's no surprise in that because they're so far up the ass cheek of people who have fatty, fatty great asses. You're not going to sell a G-string when it's rammed up the arse of some Chumbawamba, are you? Do, you? do you not worry about hurting people's feelings? No, not this? at all. No. Because they're happy to hurt their own bodies. So why is, why, is it so, why is me pointing out what you've done to yourself? How does that make me in the wrong? But I will help you. I will support you. If you watch my fat story where I put on four stone in three months and lost it again in three months to help. Sure. So I don't think I'm offensive because I put my money where my mm. mouth is. Would you hire an obese person? No, you know very well I would not. I don't know. You do know. I don't know. You do know. You're Why just acting you? naive so that you can get away with being the good guy. Well, you I'm, I'm here. Do you hire Chumbawambas? Have you got any Chumbawambas? Yeah. yeah, we have. Do you keep them in the back office? No. Do you put them in a cupboard? No. Do you feed them? No. Do you worry about your fridge? No. Do you lock down the cheese? No. <laughs> do you watch out for the sausages? No. Do you buy them elasticated wastewear? Well, I don't do much of the recruitment, so I've... <laughs> <laughs> I just not laugh when they're laughing. <laughs> What, but, but, okay, what if there's a, what if there's a coda? <laughs> I'm going to go into stand-up mode and I can't right, you, you, help you it. can do it. What, what if there's a coda and they're really fucking good at their job and they're obese? Why wouldn't you hire them if you want them to do their really good job of coding? That, that, surely that makes you... <laughs> we'll, let you we'll let you all have a fucking moment. Yeah, you have, you have your moment. <laughs> Just snorted. <laughs> <laughs> so right so you need a really good coder the best one for the job is obese 
and you wouldn't you, you wouldn't you wouldn't hire them. No. Why not? Because they're obese. But you're not hiring them for anything other than doing the job. And I'm not buying the idea that the very best coder in the whole planet is obese. That's just a convenient story for you to try and set me up with. Well, I can't hire an obese... I'm not trying obese... to set you up. You are. I'm you're not, trying I'm to not... make me no. sound like a bad guy no, I don't not, want because, to employ no, number you, one Yeah, because then, no, I'm not trying to make you look like anything. We're discussing. And you can answer however you want. And also, you tried to turn it on me. Do you hire fat people? So you tried to make me look bad. And... I, I, okay, I'm going to answer Have you it. ever banged a fat person? I think at uni I did once, yeah. Were you, why? I was hammered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just once. But how, how, would you, how would you know unless you tried once? How many times? Once. <laughs> so, you know. But I, I'm not talking about banging a fat person. No, I just thought we'd get that clip. Yeah, all right. Well, I, I, I could cut it out. Um, <laughs> So, so no, yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer it for you. If I had someone who was better at the job than the other person and they were obese, I wouldn't be fattest and I would hire the obese person if they were better at the job and you wouldn't. Why not? Because I've obviously got issues around fat people. So you are fattest then? No, I've got issues around fat people in the sense that I, I really, really want them to be like better and I want them to have a happier life. And I know from having put on four stone in three months and lost it again and met lots of fat people along the way. It's brutal. Mm. It's brutal when you feel shit about yourself. It's brutal when you look at everything you put on and you're not happy. It's brutal when you don't even want to go out the front door of your house because you can't face the world because you feel crap about yourself. And it's brutal when you can't do your own damn shoes up. And I know that personally. And I know how much better you feel if you feel better about yourself. You may feel better about yourself at 18 stone three instead of 18 stone 12. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the margin of, of something that would make you feel happy. And I genuinely want people to feel better. And I genuinely would go walking with them any day of the week to make that happen. And I genuinely believe if you feel horrid about yourself, you aren't going to be as happy as you could be. And I will not shift from that proposition, even if it means you have to put a post-it on me calling me fattest. I know, actually, I want people to feel better. And people out there, if the Chumba Wumba's watching, say, it's none of your business, you skinny bitch. And I, I accept that that would be a self-defence pushback. It's none of your business, you horse-faced bint. I accept that's your initial pushback. But I suspect... Somewhere deep down, if you lost a few pounds, you'd feel better. And I don't think I would be able to contain myself on a daily basis from interrupting the coder to suggest we go for a walk. And that's not productive. And as a former Chamber One, but you know what I'm talking about. I do. I, I do. Know. Know. I know you know. And, and you wrestle with it on a hourly basis. Still, to this day. And I will I say, I do agree with what you said, that I was very unhappy when I was overweight. And I remember when people would call me really fucking horrible things. They were probably the motivation to lose weight, not the people who pretended to like me, but actually called me a fat bastard behind my back. And you see, I don't, I can't bear, you know, so you can call someone fattest or whatever, but the thought of people being unkind will set me off any day of the week because mm. I know that hurt mm. because I spent a lot of time with people who, they live their lives either in tears or unable to leave the front door of their house. Mm. 
So it isn't coming from a place of hatred. It's coming from, I want people to, and, the, and watching people feel better about themselves. I love it. Mm. And that's why I love doing what I do, where I get to, you know, make fun of usually myself, but people feel better. And people feel better to know that they're not on their own. And that's really where it comes from. So the initial reaction is, oh, fuck off, you nosy bitch. It's none of your business. I understand that's anger, but actually it comes from a, I think maybe you actually care. Mm. And I do. So we have a new round on the show. It's called the Disruptors Round. Come on. Yeah. Look at you being all creative. Yeah. You don't sit on your laurels. No. No, you mm. get yourself a t-shirt no. with a disruptor on it. <laughs> that makes me so disruptive. I know. Look at my earrings. <laughs> Look how disruptive they are. You get a close up on those after. Does it say fuck it? Yeah. Yeah. See, after Elon. Fuck it. Fuck you, fuck it. And also, I think that's a subtle suggestion when I'm at a bar. <laughs> Does it work? Yeah. <laughs> I might get me a fuck it watch. Great plan. It's Let's big enough. It. Let's get a fuck it watch. Get a fuck it watch and we'll oh, go out. Oh, what's the time? Oh, oh fuck, fuck it, it o'clock. <laughs> that is such a good merch idea. Yeah. You've just merched you just We've merched come up something. with a couple of good ideas this we show, have, You've got we? banking, online banking. No, you've got... You've got like... Financial helpline. But you're not calling it that because no, that's done no, shit. No, but it's just... We've just started. All right. Would it be like... What would be... Um, that's me doing the impression of needing the helpline. What, then what do I call? Yeah. Who do you call? Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh, no, you were supposed to come up with the name. Yeah, then. I know, but... Uh, well, it wasn't Ghostbusters, no. was it? Give me some time to think. But I thought it would come under pressure. Because, like, Samaritans doesn't tell you what it is. It's obviously a mm. noun. Oh, I see. So it could be called, like... Could be called Ruby. more money. <laughs> right. So um, for the rest of the show, we're on fairly quick fire answers. Are you trying to say that you want me to be short and precise in order to make your edit easier? <laughs> is that is that a, is that doable? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, these three questions don't need to be short and precise. The rest short and precise. So the disruptor round. Can you not stretch your legs at any point in the next section? I'll do, I'll do it first. <laughs> My erect legs. Get yourself stretched out. <laughs> okay. Okay. What's the most disruptive thing you've ever done? <laughs> I mean, there's been quite a lot. Uh, I mean, firing, firing Lord Sugar that pissed off a lot of people. Mm. Did it piss off Lord Sugar? <laughs> and the production company, and so yeah, twelve million viewers so that um yeah calling out government tyranny australia and getting deported mm. didn't you put your was your, your tattoo on your ass for that yeah deported tattoo yeah. on my ass mm. we've got a clip of that already so <laughs> don't need that no uh disruptive i've disrupted quite a few marriages really how by just being incredibly sexually attractive to lots of husbands so you've you've taken men many away men. from really yes many many how many Many, no, but my last two absolutely husbands were other people's. And you stole them? Yes, like a thief in the night, except in the daytime in great underwear. So, so was it literally strategic? I'm going to steal you from your wife. Yes. Wow. Does that not make you scared that someone else might steal your husband from exactly. you? Exactly, and that's precisely what did happen. Karma made it such that I don't even believe in karma, but I let's go with it. So my first husband, when he left me in the maternity ward with a one-day-old, ran off with the secretary. So people will say, there you go. What goes round comes round. They're not wrong. Mm. 
she had great tits. Um, other disruptive things in my life. You know, this is the other things. People paint themselves out to be perfect. And I guess I never have done. So it's easy for them people to say, oh, what a terrible person. But then forgetting that they've done something mm. similar or someone they're next to has absolutely done the same but kept their mouth shut. Mm. And I just haven't kept mine shut. Mm. Yeah, so lots of disruptive stuff. I, I think what I struggle with, and it's, it's every time we talked about this, but I get to a point where I feel I could be doing so great, right? You know, I can be the columnist for Mail Online. I can have my own radio show on LBC, which is unbelievable because it's massively leftist and I'm there. I can be probably one of the best known names and then I can just poof, hand grenade the lot, self-detonate by saying my truth too loudly. Uh, self-detonation I'm spectacularly good at. And actually, I don't regret it. The fallout is always catastrophic. I always have to be shamed and I have to lose something. And do you feel the shame? No, that's the thing. I have to be shamed. But you don't feel the shame? No, and that's something else I Because really otherwise you probably and... wouldn't do it because shame is a horrible feeling. So I try and say to people, young people again, it could be any people, it could be ladies my age, I suppose, is shame is something that's put on you by mm. others, right? You mm. can only be shamed if you allow yourself to be. But if you know, again, who you are and what you did, and if it's okay, you won't be shamed. Mm. And so I, I, I say to people, you know, do think of shame like a gift. And if you accept it, well, that's your choice. But also you can refuse gifts. So I choose not to be shamed, usually because I'm not ashamed of what I've done. I, I made a decision or a, I had a self, I had a disruptive moment. Mm. And I really believe in that whole idea of like, go with what you think, your heart. Mm. So, yeah, I've lived a very, very disruptive life. Would you, would you like a T-shirt? Saying disruptive? Yeah. Yeah. I need it in small with okay. a V-neck. Right. I need a female cut, even okay. though I'm a bit transvestite. Well, not fucking Alexander McQueen. You know what it's like with merch. You get your sizes sent to you, you and you print that. them. You say that we have ladies ones, V-neck, cap sleeve. If you don't know about that, if you've got disruptive T-shirts in merch and you haven't thought about what the ladies one needs to look like. Well, we haven't launched our merch. Well, then have yet. a chat with me before that. We will. Because the ladies ones Done. need to look different to those ones. Okay. Because we need a... Got it. And we need a... All right, then. What's the biggest risk you've ever taken? <laughs> Just... Um, a physical risk has been um, going to South Africa and to highlight that black gangs are killing white farmers and sleeping on the white farms for three months. Just me and a little security team of properly hard men and uh, then having my passport confiscated because the ANC realised I was there and then at passport control when my passport was taken from me and then knowing that uh, I was gonna be taken off for detention and knowing that a white woman doesn't come back from that and the lads being in the car park and they were told to draw their weapons. So there's been physical moments in my life where I, I had spoken to a lot of rape, uh, white women who'd been raped in South Africa and they'd always told me there were certain things you could do to try and put someone off raping you. And I was trying to do those things, physical things, before they took me away. So I've been on the edge of... What are those physical... What are those so if you, you kind of, you know, if you... I don't want to be ungracious towards the ladies, but like if you soil yourself, then um, you're more less likely for people to try and rape you. Right, wow. So, so a physical thing, that uh, risk would be... Um, we've done this before, haven't we, with my brain. I had mm. a massive brain surgery and the deficit 
for my massive brain surgery was uh, speech, sight, left hand, left leg, that I wouldn't have those when I came back, if I came back. And I made the decision to have the surgery because I couldn't live my life as it was. And I got really lucky. And I have all of that, more mm. or less. It's a bit wonky on this side, but it's fine. Um, so that would be the biggest risk. And then, of course, just um, speaking out the way I have. Mm. You know, people coming for you, coming to hurt you or coming to chop your head off. A couple of jihadis gone to prison, uh, stalkers or whatever. So just that. It's more of a physical thing, but I don't fear that. Mm. And all the other stuff, monetary risk, losing my house, none of that matters to me. Um, yeah, so more, there are more specific risks that I've taken. But I have a strong sense that your end is already decided. And so I, I genuinely have no fear. What's your most brutal life lesson? You know that um, if you're very, if you can, the faster you become good at handling pain, the, the better you're going to do. That is, I don't think, I want to just sit on that because I think that's really profound. And I think people spend their whole life avoiding pain because it hurts. Mm. And the problem is, the longer you avoid all your pain, all you're doing is attract bigger pain. But you think you're not because you're avoiding it. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, that's a powerful lesson, that one. I think I've been fortunate in some way that I was not able to avoid pain. So with uh, not to bang on about my epilepsy, like I have no, uh, no sympathy, no, no big, you know, I've got a condition, so I can't. None of that. I never told anyone about it until I started talking about it quite recently. But my epilepsy meant that my seizures were so big, they would dislocate my arms, both my arms. They've been out 45 times there. I could bump through my tongue. My teeth are wonky because I, you know, so I was fortunate that pain was brought in very early. And I fractured my back while I was at the at Sandhurst at the military academy. And so I learned physical pain early and then the pain of, I guess, being hated and being called everything. The quicker you can learn pain, how to process pain. I, can, I feel like I'm very, very good at handling an incredible amount of pain, including other people's. And I think that's why I feel like if someone's hurting, this draws back to my this draws back to my fat thing, which is if someone's hurting, I actually feel like I want to take that. And it can be misinterpreted as being unkind and it feels unkind, but actually I feel like, go on, put it on me because I can carry it. So that's the way I see it, I think. I feel like I am still able now. I feel stronger than probably I have. It's just load it on me and I'll make it better. And somewhere along the line, that's got to be a lie, isn't it? Can't always make everything better. But that's actually what I think I'm trying to do. How about that for honest? Yeah. <laughs> What's the most disruptive thing anyone's ever said or done to you? Oh, yeah. Uh, phew. Lots of things I can think of. I'm supposed to be answering these short, aren't I? <laughs> I told you, you fucking couldn't do it. I know. It's all right. I'm enjoying it. No, but I was, I was trying to be assisting. Uh, disruptive thing anyone's done to me. My husband, my first husband leaving me with a one-year-old changed my whole life and changed the way I saw life forever. So now we've got another new round. Oh. We've got a one-word answer round. We've never done a one-word answer round in the history of Hold over I've got a to prepare. Yeah. So what you're asking me to do is answer I'm, in one word. Yeah, I'm just going to say a name or a small phrase and you just have to say one word. Do you know what the rounds 
next time we do this, the next round you're going to bring me is you just make a small noise. That's a good idea. Because obviously as social media gets more and more desperate for quick responses, <laughs> next time you, you come here, you'll that. be like, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> right? Because that's people's attention span yeah. just getting smaller. Right, go on then. Now I've got my words out. Okay. So one word, and you can take your time to think of the one word. Donald Trump. Genius. The BBC. <laughs> Dinosaurs. President Joe Biden. Unwell. Nigel Farage. Rising. Sam Smith. I'm not allowed to say Greg Sausage Roll with nipple tassels, so I'll say... I'm not allowed to say fat bastard, so I'll say cunt. Rishi Sunak. Short. Ethnic minorities. Overrated. The school system. Prehistoric. The benefits system. Failed. The tax system. Crushing. Cancel culture. Beaten. We did it. First ever. <laughs> that was impressive. And now it's the final quick fire round. How many more rounds have you got? Oh, I've still got a bit of time. <laughs> Don't have to be in my next gig and for another five hours. <laughs> Is that your way of telling me to fuck off out? No, of not at all. It's just it's so funny. You're like, now we've got a new round. Yeah. And then you went, and then another round. And here's a round. Yeah. So I just wondered if there was a total of rounds. This just is, so the, this is the final round. Is it? Yeah. Oh, tell well, me the rules. Um, quick fire answers. Do only miming. TikTok shorts. Am I only miming? Only miming? Through the use of sign language only. <laughs> <laughs> no, this isn't, that won't work. You can try it if you want. Like the South African, did you see? Well, no. like, so, so much in South Africa is dodgy. So at the, I believe it was, was it president's birthday? I don't know. They employed a sign language guy, but the sign language guy in a moment of South African genius wasn't actually a sign language guy. And so was just, <laughs> and he just literally made up shit the whole nice. thing and did the whole ceremony. Wow. Not a word of it was anything signed. How do they get away? Do you know, I have these, it was glorious. I have recurring nightmares that I'm on a, stage in front of 10,000 people with my favourite band and I'm the drummer but I can't play and no one knows. <laughs> so you just So pretending. just like ruin everything. Oh, But oh. this person went along and did it and didn't even clearly have that fear. <laughs> yes, exactly. Have the self-belief. Yeah, that I'm just going to have fun and wing it. And wing it and I will be paid and I will, <laughs> and no one will know. Yeah, so I greatly amazing. admire that. I, I so admire him. Yeah. He had, because this was our thing about being poor. In order for him not to be poor and to get that contract, he just had to make everyone believe he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I love him. Awesome. Okay. Right. One million cash or one million social media followers, engaged fans, which would you take and why? Oh, cash. Get, why? Get, cash and give to people. Lovely. Well, who cares who's watching me? Well, why, why would you do content if you didn't want people to see it? Why would you go to your stand-up shows if you didn't want anyone in the audience? Because everybody has a lovely time. I want people to But you to want have people in the audience, don't you? So therefore no. you need a following. Oh, you, don't, you want empty seats? No, but you're taking, you're making out that all of these things are binary and they're not. I, I want people to come because I want them to have a lovely time. I don't want them to come because I want to see a full audience. I do what I do on Twitter or Instagram because I want people to find the fun or be determined mm. to be positive, but I don't need to be but, followed. No, but the social media is the vehicle to do that. So you can have a million engaged social media followers and not be vain and use it to do good and get people to come and have a good time. Because mm. you're looking at it binary that social media is for ego, but it doesn't mm. have to be. No, but I've never once 
in the history of me put follow what's the what do people say follow click so you just did that weird terrible palsy face no again. i didn't i just licked my teeth oh is that what yeah. that is yeah why are you licking your teeth Alan? because it's been a long time since i'd cleaned them last do you want a toothbrush i've got i brought one with me did you, do you want to yeah. do them in a minute yeah lovely yeah um could borrow mine i've only got syphilis <laughs> no i wasn't even gonna say anything <laughs> What were we you talking about? You said that in the style of your lesbian. I'm a lesbian, <laughs> I'm a lesbian with syphilis. <laughs> a beaver buffet. We're, we were. Um, Do you want to dine on my beaver buffet? Next question. No, what was the question? Uh, the, the, the one million cash important? or one million social. You already took your oh, kit yeah, off no, and but, took the cash. Yeah, the but, cash but I, what's the thing people put when they do is they do oh, li link it, like yeah, it. To, I've never like, ever like. Like, follow, subscribe, share. Right. I've yeah. never said that in my whole life. There is not one thing of mine you will ever find that on, ever. Because that, to your point, I'm not asking people to do any of those when things. When you say that, can you ask people to do that to our show? Yes. Link it, like it, love it, tweet it, subscribe it, blow him. Boom. Blow me. Boom. All right. We just got, go. that's good. We're, we're going to use that now on all of ours. Link it, blow it. Subscribe. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I've never asked for that, okay. but I will ask for you because okay, you're thank desperate. You. <laughs> yeah. Does money make you happy? No. Is there <laughs> you any, told me to be quick. Is there any amount of money that would make you happy? No. No. I've okay. lost more money than most people earn, and that's okay. What's the best advice you ever received? Um, at the military academy, we're taught uh, humour in adversity. So at the moment of extreme pain, physical pain, to find fun. Yeah. What's the worst advice you ever received? Oh, you know, anything cautious. Don't do it. No. Oh, you might. Oh, this might happen. You know, anything that makes you smaller. Just, and I can't bear it. And I can't now. I can't stand a rule. Like the thought of all the rules I used to listen to or hear. Can't stand it. Anything that stops you, don't listen to that. Push away from that. Anyone that tries to put you down, I know it's supposed to be short, but anyone that tries to make you, anyone who is masquerades as your friend, but somehow makes you feel worse about yourself, push that away. Push it away. Yeah, that. What's your biggest regret? I don't, it's easy to say I don't have one, isn't it? But I'm, so I'm trying not to say I don't have one, although that would be my natural reaction. What's my regret? I, do, I honestly, I have to think. I honestly don't. I, don't. I can't think of a regret I have because my life has been so not perfect. <laughs> it's been so not perfect, but I don't regret. I'd, I wouldn't change anything because if I was to change anything, I would I would save myself a lot of hurt. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't have gone down the paths I've gone down. So I don't think I regret anything. I'm, I'm sure there's small things I regret if I haven't been nice to someone in the way that I would want to, or I've been unkind to someone when I, if I didn't say thank you for things or something, that sort of thing. People I would have disappointed that I maybe didn't know I disappointed. Something like that, that would feel bad. I think one regret actually, I, and I don't even know if I regret it, but I was, I was given the Cunt of the Year award by two pranksters. And I went over and received the award, not to get the award, but I was told it was for the farmers that I love in South Africa. It was an event to help them. And I suppose I regret not being smart enough to see that I was being stitched up. But in a way, I'm kind of grateful that that happened because I think it was a really, really good kick in the guts about 
also keeping hold of some sort of sense and logic and rational person that looks into things properly instead of just throwing your heart at everything. So I guess I looked, I was foolish and I looked foolish and I regret that I didn't, I wasn't smarter because I would want my daughters to be smarter than that. That would be a regret. What do you think your legacy is? Oh, for some people, I'll have made them feel like they got heard for a little bit. And do you have a, a tip for being mentally strong and resilient? Yeah, yes, yes. You're much braver than you know. And when you're tested, you'll find out. So all you have to do for now is believe in it because you're braver than you know. And I know you don't do follow me, like me, subscribe. Follow me, me like me, subscribe me. me, buy from me, do this for yeah. me. But where are you most active? Where should we follow you for your next gigs? Yes, and... can, yes, no, do come, 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 come and join the audience. You're going to come, hopefully. Um, so Katie's Arms is the pub, as in arms. So katiesarms.com and all the tickets for the Silly Cow Tour are there. And all I would say is don't feel like you need to come to see me. I told you I'm not very good at selling my things. <laughs> come to be in the audience because it's special. And if I could, if I could bottle that, I would. And what about, and which social are you most active on and haven't been cancelled from? <laughs> I know, well, I'm back. So Instagram, underscore Katie, underscore Hopkins, underscore, lots of underscores. And I'm back on Twitter, at Katie Hopkins, and we're back at a million followers. Wow. Well, thanks for inviting us down. That is my pleasure. Been, yeah. You're the only people to be here ever. Oh, wow. We've got an exclusive. You have. And I think you are, there's maybe only one, maybe two other guests where we've done three rounds. It's our third round, isn't it? It's three of ten. Yeah. Oh, oh you've already got that planned. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> no. Are you going to steal me from my wife? I'm going to try. I put in my best effort. Okay, fine. Yeah. Right. But she, I, I feel like she can watch this and know that she's really got nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you.